0: Wow, what a name, what a name. It's not just another name. It's not just one name. It is the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is their Lord. It's the one name that is worthy of our praise. What a powerful name it is. What a wonderful name is the name of Jesus. What a privilege it is to sing that name above every name, to sing and to declare and to worship the name that is over and above every other name. He's not just another king. He's not just another name. He is the king of kings and Lord of lords and he is the one name worthy of our praise. And we just declare that this morning Afresh in our hearts, Jesus, you are that one name at which we will bow our knee in worship and reverence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. So good to see you. And if you're in the room, you can have a seat. Great to have people in the room, isn't it? It's great to be in the room. It's also awesome to be able to welcome our online family as well who are joining us online and we can't have everybody in the room at the moment, but we are believing for level one. I know I say this every time I'm up here, but I'm believing for level one. We'll see what happens tomorrow morning. You know, I was reflecting on our journey as a church, as I do regularly, but in the last sort of 12 to 18 months, we, we made a decision that we would stop just putting up podcasts of the messages and we would move to YouTube and put videos Online And it was a big call for us as we ummed and ahed for quite some time about the tech required to put up those and the investment required to buy cameras to do that. We did that, which was pretty cool. And I am now grateful that we took that first step and now we're actually able to hold online services together, which is a great blessing. I'm aware that online church is not everybody's cup of tea. It's not everybody's preference to be online. But you know, for many, it's a great blessing right now across the entire planet, that we can still have church, just do it online. I know it's not necessarily your preference, but you know, we had a pastor in Mexico who wrote a comment on one of our Sunday mornings that he had taken the Prepare series and was interpreting them for his own family. And how much of a blessing that series has been to him and his family. I think that's Mexico. I think that's pretty cool. If they're watching this morning, God bless you, how awesome it is. We're not just gonna continue to see the opportunities we have and let them go by. Because there are obstacles that come with opportunities. We're gonna take every opportunity we can. And that's what I love about our leadership team and our staff and and our volunteers and everybody that makes church happen is that we fight against our preferences all the time to push on and be a big blessing or as big of a blessing as we can to as many possible people as possible. And we're gonna continue to do that. And that's what online's doing because it's reaching all the way to Mexico. That's pretty cool. Well, I wanna ask you a question this morning. Where do you go for your comfort? Where do you go when you lack confidence? What do you do? Who do you go to when you're uncertain and you're looking to find comfort in your life? Right now, I would say we've been through a season, we're in the middle of a season that isn't always comfortable. Even the way we do church wasn't comfortable for many and still isn't. So where do you go when you need comfort? Who do you turn to? What is your go-to when things feel uncomfortable? What do you do when you lack confidence and you've got uncertainty present in your life? Don't yell it out. So I think these are good questions for us to ask and good questions for us to get clarity on as believers. Now, let me just explain something to you. I'm very aware that we are both flesh and spirit. Our flesh, our humanness, our natural person does desire comfort. I totally get that because guess what, I'm human. And in the middle of discomfort, my humanist screams for more comfort. It wants things to find their way back to when it's easy, enjoyable, relaxing, for life to have plenty and not be living with lack. Come on, am I the only one in the room or who's listening today who's longing for some comfort? to have one's freedoms again, wouldn't that be nice, to have restrictions lifted. And in reality, that is a flesh challenge for all of us. And when I find all of that has my attention, comfort has my attention, it has my complete focus, I'm thankful for a loving God who is full of understanding, who's full of mercy and grace. After all, God created us in our humanness, God knew the choices that man would make. He knows the choices that I will make and yet He still chose us. That's pretty incredible. But I'm also incredibly grateful that although I am flesh and my flesh is weak, I am also spirit. And my spirit knows that genuine confidence, confidence, genuine comfort come from a relationship with God. If that's not true, then the promise of God's comfort does not apply to every person across the face of the world. Places where there is complete unrest, places where people fear for their lives. If we can't have comfort found in God, then His promises are not true. But God's promises must be true for every person in every situation and every circumstance on planet Earth. I've learned that even when my circumstances don't change, And that can be incredibly disappointing. God's love for me also does not change. God's peace is always available. His mercy and His comfort always accessible to me regardless of what I'm facing. And what is it I truly want from God? For Him to change my circumstances or for me to know His unfailing love despite my circumstances? God showed me some time ago when I was disappointed that something hadn't yet changed in my life. I could have got myself to a place of deep disappointment. He had not answered my prayer. Come on, God, why is this prayer not being answered? I love you, I'm in pursuit of you, but this thing is not moving. It's one of those situations that if I hadn't listened for the voice of God in the midst of it, I could have got myself into a place of deep despair. In truth, a lot of the time, our disappointment is a, lack of understanding on our part more than it is a lack of action on God's part. But God spoke to me and said, you cannot pray your way out of something you behaved your way into. And I've preached on that here before. And that was the whisper of God into my spirit, Carl, you can't pray your way out of something you behaved your way into. I needed to understand the pattern of my behavior. And in the midst of the journey was the full grace of God if I don't understand the patterns of behaviour in my life, then I'll behave my way right back into the same struggles. The struggle, by the way, I'll I'll let you know, was this deep need I had for people's affirmation. It was shaping my behaviours. It was determining the level of my joy. It was setting the temperature of my faith. In reality, it was my flesh life, my human weakness that was in the driver's seat of my life because my behaviours were looking for the pleasure of people rather than the pleasure of God. My faith, my confidence, my security and my comfort needed to come primarily from my relationship with the Lord. As much as people's opinions matter, as much as people's encouragement's important, it's God's opinion that I need it. It's His love that needed to be the basis for my true confidence and that's true for you this morning. The true basis for your confidence needs to come from a loving relationship with God the Father. Have I got any friends in the room? Good. I've taken you to a couple of Psalms the last few times I've spoken. And I want us to look at another Psalm this morning. The last two Psalms I looked at was Psalm 103, which was, what is my reason that I always have for praise? Then it was followed by Psalm 121, God is my helper. This morning, I want us to take a look at Psalm 27. I wanna look at the psalm in a few parts. See, the first three verses begin with David himself really applying the truth of his confidence in God's presence. Let's read Psalm 27, the first three verses. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, They will stumble and fall, though a mighty army surrounds me. My heart will not be afraid. Even if I am attacked, I will remain confident. Regardless of what David was facing, regardless of what was threatening David's flesh, the threat of attack, armies and evil that are surrounding him, his total confidence is in the fact that God is with him. With confidence, David could say, "'The Lord is my fortress.'" He's protecting me from danger. So why then should I tremble? How about this declaration over his flesh? My heart will not be afraid. David knew his own propensity to give way to fear. That's a human condition we have a natural propensity to give way to fear, and David knew it, and he says, my heart will not be afraid. I wanna prophesy to somebody today. You declare to your own heart, come on, my heart will not be afraid. Like he declared to his own soul, come on soul, praise the Lord. Now he's saying, my heart will not be afraid. And even if I am attacked, this is what's cool, even if I'm attacked, even if it goes wrong, even if what I don't want to happen, happens, even if God allows that to happen, I will remain confident, I will take an eternal view. What I absolutely love about these few verses is David doesn't shut his eyes to his circumstances. He doesn't deny, he never does. In any Psalm you read, he doesn't deny what he's really facing. Rather, he has chosen to apply faith to the very circumstances that are going on in his life. Now, this is to be the reality for all of us All of us need that reality in our lives. Our flesh is aware of all that we're facing. Is your humanness aware of what's going on around you right now? My flesh knows the dangers of COVID-19. I understand the reality if the virus begins to spread in the community and what it might mean for those who catch it. We know that the globe is under pressure with divisions between nations and people and generations and that the enemy is at the heart of all of that. 1 Peter 5, 8 says this, be alert, it's not on the screen because I wrote it in here this morning. Be alert and of sober mind. In other words, wake up. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion to find somebody to devour. There is a war that wages in the earth right now for people's eternity and people's allegiance. Like David, we can see the truth of what is really happening in our world and around about us. About us, and much of it gets the attention of our minds. We spend a lot of time thinking and contemplating, but we choose what gets the attention of our hearts. The Bible says this because out of our hearts flows everything we do, therefore, our hearts are very important. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I don't want to speak out of only the overflow of my mind. Now, don't disengage your mind. It's crucial in the process. However, I want to speak out of an overflow of the heart yeah, okay. where I have revelation in my heart. That's what, that which I understand has gone from my head to my heart where it can find true life-giving expression. Matthew 12, 34 says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's important. And David knew that it was God who needed the full attention of his heart. See, he could see his situation, but he turned his heart over to God. He understood loss in life, but he also understood that the Lord was everything he truly needed. Is that still true today? David knew that the Lord was all he needed. There was nothing else David needed. The Lord was enough, but is he still enough? Is the Lord truly all we need, or is it the Lord plus something else? The Lord, but this as well, or is the Lord still enough? He declared that God was the light, therefore, he did not need to fear the darkness. He declared that God is his fortress, his strength, therefore, he did not need to fear his own weakness. He declared God is his salvation, so ultimately, victory is assured. God is enough. Is the time that the sound that comes from our mouths is the assurance of what is truly in our hearts, that our praise and our declaration aligns with the truth of who God is and a confidence that despite our reality, God is with us. I feel like preaching today. I really do. It's been a long time since I got sweaty and excited, but this morning I feel like God is enough. God with us gives us the confidence we need despite our circumstances, despite what's going on. He moves on to verse four and six. It says this, this one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in His temple. For He will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in His sanctuary. He will place me out of reach on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At His sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts, of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. David needed the music to be able to sing. What would be the one thing you'll be asking of God right now? Now, I'm aware there are many things. In actual fact, there'll be many things that you're asking of God, but what is the one big thing? What is the big thing that you're asking God for? What would be your one thing? This one thing I ask, one thing I seek of the Lord. For David, the one thing he asks is also the one thing he seeks, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of his life, delighting in the Lord's perfections. The deep desire in David to remain in the presence of God, showing David's deep intensity for his search of God. The same guy who moments earlier is declaring the kind of faith he has in God, the why, and now he's searching for more of God. He knows God, he's got confidence in God, he's got faith despite his circumstance. That same guy continues now to search for God with all his heart. We know the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. What did David do? He searched for God. Can I say, never stop searching. When it's good, keep searching. When it's hard, keep searching. David understands the power of being in God's presence. The temple for David was this visible expression of God's presence. He planned to meditate and seek God in his temple. The word seek seems, is simply put, inquire of God. This year, our theme has been put Christ at the center, Christ at the center of everything. And the outcome of that revelation was this idea that as followers of Christ, we would just dial up the temperature in our lives for prayer, worship, and the word to inquire more of the Lord, to meditate on all we have in Christ, to lift our desire and our motivation to pursue Him. We've talked about the many distractions that are present in our world. There are so many and Christ needs to be the center of our life and our life's pursuit. There are so many things that wanna take center stage. We need to live by the Spirit and allow it to rule over our flesh. David understood the power for that to happen of being in God's presence. And David's public confidence came from his private obedience. It came from his inquiring heart. This ability to stand firm in the face of opposition and an enemy that's coming after him was his confidence in God being with him. Simple message this morning. God is with us. David took time to fellowship, commune with God. He took time to get direction from God. If there's ever a time in history for followers of Jesus to get direction from God, it's now. It's right now, because this is the time we're alive. Let's get direction from Him. David knew that the most important part of his life was the part that only God could see. And that came from deep intimacy with God. When he was intimate with God, he gave God access to the depths of his heart. He came away from his times of worship. I love this. He came away from his times of worship feeling the rock of secure salvation under his feet and seeing above and beyond the enemy that was surrounding him to the victory that God had assured. That's why he vowed that to God that when he returned to Jerusalem, he would go to the temple and he would bring thank offerings with shouts of joy, singing and praising with music. Church, that's what Sunday expression is. That's what it is for me, for us to gather today, wherever that is, online, here in the room. That is what it is for us. It's what today means as we gather, that through our revelation and knowledge of God's presence with us, despite everything that is happening around us, we have the secure knowledge of eternity and the ultimate victory that Jesus Christ had over sin And death. So we arrive here and let fly from the overflow of our hearts, expressive shouts of joy and praise. That's why believers should be the most expressive people in the world, because we give fly to what's in our heart. We know we're secure in Christ. He went to the cross. It's been paid. He said, it is finished. So we stand in the victory of Christ. We are assured of that. And therefore, when our hearts give expression to that revelation, it's got to fly out of our hearts. It just has to. I shared a few weeks ago the vision I had of people across both of our locations giving full expression of praise and worship to God. That the heart rules the head in giving voice to faith and gratitude for all that God has done in our lives. The one thing I ask, this one thing I seek, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The rest of the Psalm reads, hear me as I pray, O Lord, be merciful and answer me. Watch this, my heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart, notice the word heart, my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Do not turn your back on, I'm the only one excited about that. Do not turn your back on me. Do not reject your servant in anger. You have always been my helper. Don't leave me now. Don't abandon me, O God, of my salvation. Even if my father and mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done. With every breath, they threaten me with violence. Yet I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I am here in the land of the living." Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Man, there's so much in here. I wish I had time to go into all of it this morning, but I wanna settle on those last two verses. Let me read them to you again because I want your spirit to leap within you. Yet I am confident that I will see the goodness, the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave and courageous courageous, yes, wait patiently for the Lord. After everything else David has given us in the Psalm, the view of eternity, the great victory he's sure of, holding fast to God in uncertainty, having confidence in God's presence, inquiring of God. He is now believing for God in the here and now. Yes, eternity will be amazing. Yes, we know all pain, all sickness, all disease, all division, all disunity, all hurting will cease. And wow, what a promise. But David is also able to say that our God is also the God of the here and now, today. With us. He's with us in the midst of COVID-19. He's with us in the midst of all the disruptions of the world. And despite how bad bad things might seem, through it all, David would say this to us. Be confident that you will see the goodness of God in the here and now time in history. The goodness David is suggesting will be found in communion with God, fellowship with God. It will will mean God's protection, God's guidance and ultimately victory. Wait patiently for the Lord. Your patient faith is the power which enables you to faithfully endure the tension between the present afflictions that you experience now and your future deliverance. As the worship team comes back, be brave and courageous. They're the same words that Moses gave to Joshua when Joshua was about to lead the people into the promised land. Moses had led the people through the wilderness for 40 years and experienced the presence of God. And now he hands the people over to Joshua who's about to lead them into the promised land and his words to Joshua are, be strong and courageous. If God's presence was with us in the wilderness for 40 years, God's presence will be with you here and now in the present and he will be with you as you go into the promised land. Your strength and courage comes from what? Your comfort comes from what? from knowing God's presence is with you. When we look back in history, we see God involved in every time that there's ever been. God is involved in the present time we live in right now, and He will be with us through into eternity. So our confidence, our hope, our comfort comes, comfort comes in knowing that God is with us. It doesn't matter which government gets elected, It doesn't matter what referendums get passed, what laws come into being, like it matters. But the truth is that God will be with us through it all. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, God is with us. And that is the confidence we carry. And as the world gets darker, the Bible says the light will increase all the more. So for a believer, we get excited because our confidence is not in a government. Our confidence is not in a referendum. Yes, we should have a voice. Yes, we should have a say, but our confidence is in God is with us in the midst of it all. And I don't know about you, but I'm more interested in people's salvation right now. That no matter how dark it gets, people would find hope in Christ. Because we have confidence that God is with us. So whenever you can, as I'm finishing, wherever you are, pursue God, inquire of God, Worship God. Fill your heart with the truth of who God is. David's craving of his spirit was to be in the presence of God. And I've been praying, God, let my spirit crave more than my flesh does. Because my spirit craves to be in the presence of God, but my flesh doesn't. And so we gotta be praying, come on, Spirit in me, wake up. Spirit in me, come alive. Spirit in me, praise praise the Lord. Spirit in me, craves spending time with God. That one thing he wanted, one thing that David wanted, the one thing he sought from God, beyond all other things, beyond anything else, was that he could spend time in the house of the Lord all the days of his life. The truth is, that's also the one thing that your spirit also truly desires. Your spirit desires to be in the presence of God. Every human being across the world has a spirit. And we're praying across this world right now, in the midst of this dark season, that people's spirits would come alive, that their spirit would begin to search. And the only answer a spirit can find is the Lord Jesus Christ. And your spirit desires to be in the presence of God. The overflow of your heart, if you'll spend time with Him, will be a confidence in God. I'm going way off script right now, but for me, to do what God asked me to do was gonna need to be a spirit thing. I need the presence of God. Does anybody else? Does anybody else in their life? Like when you come and hear a message about reaching the lost, and sharing Jesus with the world right now, how much does your flesh find that intimidating? But your spirit gets excited because the mission of God's been placed inside you. So we need to be in the presence of God. If we're gonna live missionally and make a difference, if I'm gonna live the life that God's calling me to, and oh boy, I've got some stuff to overcome, I need to be in the presence of God. You need your pastor to be in the presence of God, but I need you, the world needs you to be in the presence of God. So the overflow of your heart and what comes out of your mouth is your love for God. Yeah. Yeah. Then the overflow of your heart confidence in God, reliance on God, and a proclamation of the goodness of God in our generation. God is so good. If you're able to this morning, here in this room, would you please stand with me? I'd love the honour of praying for you today as I disclose my message. Lord, we just recognise in our lives, there are many challenges. God, there are many obstacles for us to overcome. There are many battles for each of us to win. But we thank You today, as people who love Jesus and call on His name, that we can have confidence to know, Lord, You are with us. Lord, open our eyes afresh today. Please open our eyes that we may see Your goodness in our lives that we may declare with a joyful shout of praise, our God is good and worthy of our praise. Lord, I pray we understand the power of that one thing, that we too would seek to live in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives, to live in Your presence, to inquire of You on all occasions and to continually put our trust in You every day.